Hello, I'm Professor Aaron Sharp. And I'm Professor Jason Harding. And we're with the Cinetific Institute where we investigate, analyze, test, fold, spindle, and mutilate movies to see if the science in them is feasible. Or just a bunch of steamy scientific garbage. Yeah, I believe that's the scientific terminology. It is! Don't argue with me, I'm a professor! A podcast professor? Ignore my colleague. We at the Institute will subject a movie to rigorous testing. Say, for example, Jurassic Park or Robocop or Twilight to see if the science stuff is really up to snuff. I never agreed to Twilight, dude. Can we clone dinosaurs like in Jurassic Park? Do androids dream of electric sheep? Metachlorians. What the hell is that shit? First Twilight and now the Star Wars prequels? Anyway, we post our findings on the Cinetific Podcast for the public to absorb. And laugh at. Join us, won't you, on the Cinetific Podcast, where science meets entertainment with explosive and funny results. Coming soon to the Let Me Listen Podcast Network. A podcast professor is a real professor. Oh yeah? Show me your PhD. It's in my other lab coat. What's wrong? This isn't a plane. This is a canoe with wings. We're done getting in and start paddling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. Steve? Yes? I don't know how to tell you this. What? But many of the men's in your old old reviewing unit <gasps> have been killed. Oh, no. Shot dead. They were some of the best men in the world, Steve. They reviewed classic movies just like you do to see whether or not they live up to their reputations as being good or bad. Well, they've all been shot dead. One was killed by garbage men. Another one was blown up on a boat. Oh, damn it. I know. I, I think it may be a member of your former unit gunning down the other people to prevent them from reviewing classic uh, films. No. Is it the guy I... with the mustache and the chainmail shirt? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Do you think, Steve, that I can call you out of retirement? <sighs> well, I mean, I'm going to say no, but I'm going to end up doing it anyway. Great. So, Can you make sure cool. to have a really high body count yeah, all, while you're at it? I'm going to kill everybody. Also, break every law. Can you do that, <laughs> yes, too? I think I can do that. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, have you figured out what we're doing yet? <laughs> okay, fine, I'll tell you. On this show, Steve and I take a classic movie and we see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this movie kind of has both. <laughs> <laughs> the movie we're taking a look at this time around is the action epic Commando, starring who? A, a, a little-known European actor, I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, Ray Don Chong. Yes, yes. It's 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 one of the more popular Ray Don Chong vehicles, I think. Dan <laughs> starting everybody's favorite governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and I'm going to say this in his defense, despite the fact that he was a Republican and despite the fact that he was a joke. <laughs> He wasn't a terrible governor. I live in the state that he was in. He was very much... I'm fine. Do Let's do the political stuff first, since I have absolutely zero trivia for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of went against the grain against a lot of Republicans at the time. He really fought for things like clean air, and he believed in global warming, and a whole bunch of other stuff that they kind of like, can we shut him up? <laughs> Does we he know he's a Republican? The... He is married to Kennedy, so maybe he's like a fox in the hen house. <laughs> anyway, yeah, come here! Like the first big action thingy, right? This kind of kicked off a whole genre. Yeah. There were other action movies, but not quite like Commando. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Do you have any trivia before we start the who made it and what's up with the whole thing and all that stuff? Was I don't know for a fact because I didn't do any research because why would I? Um, <laughs> isn't this one, it's either the first or one of the first Schwarzenegger movies where he was like unambiguously the hero because he had played sort of I think so. Well, roles. I mean, he was the hero in Conan. In Conan, kind yeah. of. He was a violent, you know, killer of lots of people in Conan and he was kind of an anti-hero. They stole stuff. <laughs> he killed that witch that he was having sex with. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, I think unambiguously he's very much a hero. The movie definitely wants you to know that he's a hero. Yeah. I mean, he did. They have, they have their work cut out for him. <laughs> he's not exactly but... clean cut, but... No, no. Oh, yeah, he is. Well, he's not a... In the literal sense, he is, but I mean, he's <laughs> he, he sure does like his killing, though. I looked for, desperately for trivia for this movie, and I couldn't find anything. It was like, yeah, it's a movie that came out in 1985. That's it. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> so let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's, let's get into the world of Commando. Yeah, let's do the thing where you tell people who made it and stuff. Yeah. It was directed by Mark L. Lester, produced by, hey, Joel Silver. Yeah. He didn't make anything else, did he? Nah. He definitely didn't make any more action movies. I don't think so. Screenplay by Stephen E. D'Souza. Story by Stephen E. D'Souza. Jeff Loeb. Hmm. That's a name. That's a really... Jeff Loeb. He's not the guy who's in charge of DC movies now, is he? It's the same guy, I believe, yeah. Is it the same guy yeah. who wrote all them comic books, too? The Jeff Loeb, yes. Comic it was book editor Jeff Loeb. Oh, wow. Who knew he started off his career writing this yeah. piece of shit? <laughs> Everybody has to start somewhere now. Come on. Okay. And Matthew Wiseman. Starring... Arnold Schwarzenegger as Colonel John Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> East German somehow made it into the US military. <laughs> John Matrix. <laughs> From the German Matrixes. Yeah, exactly. You know that the, he probably had a name like Himmelschlemmer. And he's like, no, now that I'm working, now I'm, doing a, I'm doing a Herzog impression yeah. for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Can I tell you, when I was trying to make fun of the movie while I was watching it, I had a real hard time switching from Herzog to Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it's really difficult. He's, when he came over to the United States, it was like, yeah, I want to be the John Matrix. <laughs> Not, I'm just going to do a way over-the-top German guy for for Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Screw it. For everyone who was afraid, oh shit, it's going to be an hour Schwarzenegger impressions. No, not me. I'm just doing, going to do over-the-top German guy. Yep. He's like, I don't want to be Upal Uberschlammer. I'm going to be John Matrix. Okay, that's only one name down. Uh, Ray Don Chong, daughter of Tommy Chong, as Cindy. <laughs> Cindy the flight attendant. Alyssa Milano as Jenny Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a spinoff. <laughs> James Olsen as Major as Major General Franklin Kirby, David Patrick Kelly as Sully, Bill Duke as Cook, Dan Hadea. Uh, we were right, <laughs> by the way. We told you Carla's husband was in this as the big bad guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As Arius, very very uh, Spanish name, Arius. <laughs> Yeah. Dan Haida poorly plays someone from uh, some some South American, Central American country. Y you can't say they typecast him. <laughs> Vernon Wells, our favorite, favorite raider from, uh, from Mad Max, <laughs> as Bennett. And Steve's favorite. My favorite actor. The one that he always looks forward to every time. Delivering the best performance ever as Interceptor or... <laughs> 
Navy guy. Was he a Na- Air Force I, dude yeah. at the radar? Bill Paxton. Yeah. All he has to do is look at a radar screen and describe what he sees. <laughs> and you'll hear Steve scream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't buy it. Did you remember that he was even in the movie? No, I completely forgot. <laughs> you know, so it was a, a delicious surprise. <laughs> exactly. It was like the prize at the bottom of the Cracker Jack box. Oh, look, Bill Paxton's in this. <laughs> Music by James Horner. Everybody's got to start somewhere. <laughs> Cinematography by Matthew F. Leonetti. Edited by... Uh-oh. There's three people There's three here. people here. Glenn Farr, Mark Goldblatt, and John F. Link. Edi- editing is pretty pedestrian. I don't know why it took three people to do it. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It's it's really... It's very workmanlike. It's just like no thought. is just cut to the next scene. Production company, Silver Pictures. Distributed by 20th Century Fox. It was released on October 4th, 1985. Running time... Oh, 90 minutes! <laughs> 90 minutes! Uh... It's like a gift. Oh boy! Budget ten million. Box office fifty-seven point five million. Mm-hmm. So you know what that meant? That meant a big dinner bell was rung for the rest of the studios to start making lots and lots of imitations of this very movie. Exactly. And then we suffered through action film after action film, <laughs> and thus ensued the eighties, turning, turning into Walter Cronkite. Action film after action film. <laughs> <laughs> he should have been in one. The Cronkite? <laughs> Action reporter. <laughs> and that's the way it is from Dan Rather. Dan Rather comes back. Someone is killing. All of them. That doesn't even sound like Dan Rather. That sounds like the guy from ABC News. What's his name? Oh, oh Tom Brokaw. No, not Tom Brokaw. Peter, Tom Peter Brokaw. Jennings was the, Peter... the ABC guy. <laughs> no, it's I can't remember his name. He kind of looked evil. He had like, black hair. He looked kind oh, of like Sam the Donaldson. Merciless. Sam Donaldson, Sam Don- thank yes. you. Yeah, we've broken off into this <laughs> discussion, guys. <laughs> the guy who always seemed like a robot trying to pass as Walter, a human. Walter, I have to tell you, someone is killing off your new stuff. <laughs> He's chopping wood. <laughs> 86-year-old man chopping wood in the, in the hills of Los Angeles. <laughs> okay, let's do the movie. You want to do the movie? Let's, let's do the movie. That's the weirdest tangent I've ever gone on. You ready to go? Yeah. <laughs> okay, everybody. Strap on your bullet belts. Yeah. Load, load up your, your pockets with grenades. Make sure get your, your rocket rock. launchers are pointed the right direction. Uh-huh. Also get some uh, circular saw blades. <laughs> maybe a couple axes. You're going to need them. You're going to need them. Make sure you have a balloon rope, because that's going to be important later when you go to the mall. <laughs> oh, man. Also kind of helps that you're selectively bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> and let's get out there and shoot us up a movie as we go into the world of Commando. Yeah. Steve, load your gun. And shoot it at our audience. <laughs> well, you know, as you might expect for a, a classic uh, over-the-top action movie like this, we begin with uh, a shot of a garbage truck driving down the street. Yeah, to music. To, to, yeah. To, to, Here comes the garbage greatest, truck. Oh, James Horner, you write the best 80s music ever. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, where are we? Yeah. <laughs> Is this a garbage truck in Thailand? No. No, it's yeah. not. Um, the garbage truck is, is driving down the street, and we cut to these, uh, like, a, a married couple asleep in the early yeah. morning, and they're like, what's that? Is that the garbage truck? 
Oh, they must have changed days. They must have changed days. So the husband gets up and grabs the garbage, and he's like in a hurry because he thinks he's going to miss the garbage truck because it's not the garbage truck's usual route. And and he's like, hey, take my garbage. I have garbage. And they're like, Uh okay. And then they pull out Uzis, and they kill him. Like, they kill the shit out of him. They shoot him way more than they need to. Yeah, great plan, huh? (laughs) I'm so glad it worked. There, there, there were so many holes that could have. What would have happened if he didn't come down to get the garbage? Exactly. Would they have had to go into his house? And if so, kill him? why not just do that? <laughs> <laughs> why pretend to be garbage men at all? Maybe that was the original plan, and they're like, "Hey, look, the idiot's coming down with his garbage. So we get to quit early. <laughs> Let's just stay here. He's gonna walk right up to us. Watch. They shoot him. No cops show up, nope. and they just drive off. Nope. Yep. And yeah. and then we cut to uh, a car dealership. Action evil Cadillac dealership. Yeah, and it's one of the garbage men who is now, I guess, buying a Cadillac. And the the, uh-huh. the salesman's like, "Yeah, this is the car you want because it's got." Yeah. I know you you're 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 looking at the vinyl interior, but trust Bill me, Duke, the guy, the the good one of the great characters from Predator. Yeah, yeah, and and so the guy is he's like, you know what I like the best about this car. And Excel. No, what is it? It's the is it the 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 leather? No, I, I, that, you can get that custom made any color. What's that? Is it the paint job? This is burgundy, but we can go with like a a sparkle blue. Is that your favorite thing? Wait, let me stand in front of the car. Exactly. Is it is it the grill? If you like the grill? It's really nice chrome. But we have two different ways that come in. We have what's called the Skymaster it, deal. It's a little bit no. more expensive, but I think it's no, it's not that. No. Oh, is it the radio? It's, the sound system? No. That's a Blaupunkt. That's no. a great sound system. That's not it. No? no, that's not it. It's not. It's the Price, but, which is oh yeah, be... well you know what we're we're having a sale, you know not, I'm barely making no, any money off this sale. What you're, you're not you, letting me do my thing. I had a thing. What's, what's I was thing? Do a thing, and you you just ruined it. So I'm just gonna what's th- I'm just gonna start the car and drive over you. Bye. Oh. <laughs> ah! Irony. Yeah. So so yeah. So the car deal. So the, the the car salesman's dead because the guy steals the the Cadillac or whatever and yeah. drives drives. And no over one calls him. the police no. and he drives away. He drives in a stolen away. car with no plates. <laughs> Yay! And, and what what do we cut to next? What action thing? Oh, do we cut um, to next? Uh, a harbor, a boat at the harbor, a fishing boat. I guess, yeah, Some, an action fishing an action boat. fishing boat, and and mm. uh, and a guy with an awesome mustache, Bennett, Bennett, who yeah, we find out later is Bennett, uh, is getting on the boat, and he's he he like acknowledges some other people on the dock. He's like he acknowledges Cook, yeah, Cook's standing there. He's like hi, and he gets on the boat, <laughs> and he drives the boat out a little bit into the harbor, and then they blow up the boat. Holy cow! The boat's blowed up. I thought Bennett was supposed to be the big bad guy in this. Well, you know, I mean, it doesn't, it sure doesn't look that way. Oh well, no. that was quick. Yeah. So, and then we cut <sighs> to, I guess, the 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 forest somewhere at some point. To I, action chainsaw. Yeah, and I guess they're they're somewhere in California. And uh, yeah, there's there's we see like a chainsaw. We see a guy carrying like basically an entire tree trunk over his shoulder. Yeah, and, not a prop. No. Totally not a prop log. A perfectly straight yes. <laughs> tree trunk. <laughs> and we, and, you know, we see him walking, and we see him have the the, the trees over one shoulder, and the the chainsaws in the the other hand and we finally cut out to the wide shot and it's our hero arnold schwarzenegger a- and he brought the credits with yeah, him. yeah aka <laughs> john matrix uh-huh 
the commando, I guess. I, he would probably be the commando, yeah. And what? and he's walking down to his house that I guess he built yeah. with his own hands. Log cabin in the or woods. Something. Yeah, no, it's just a house. Yeah, yeah it's like a, I mean, it's a beautiful house. Yeah, I guess he's I guess. an architect too. I don't know. Uh huh. And he's chopping wood. Yeah, he's chopping. He's chopping wood, and then uh, his someone, sneak someone sneaks up behind him, up behind him and and he, he 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 keeps a nice shiny axe, which really yeah, you always have you to gotta have, have a shiny, shiny axe. So he can see the person sneaking up behind him, and he turns on him, and it's not it drives the axe directly into their <laughs> <Exactly>. forehead <laughs> die 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 <laughs> and then he realizes too late that it was his daughter oh no oh. I, I killed my daughter oh. <laughs> oh they're going to arrest me for this for sure <laughs> um, let's just obstinately refuse to do Schwarzenegger's voice I, I, you stay with Werner Herzog I'll stay with stereotypical I, German guy <laughs> Werner Herzog as Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> there is so much death all around me <laughs> It's his daughter. Yeah, it's his daughter, played by Alyssa He Milano. unconvincingly picks her up and shakes her for a second, and then puts her back <laughs> yes. down again. I am a happy father. <laughs> and now we cut to what may be the funniest and my favorite part of this whole fucking movie. <laughs> the stupid fucking credits montage. Oh, yes. Of Action Family, which consists of tickling, ice cream eating... Feeding deers! Just a deer. Just, you know, like... That shot of Arnold Schwarzenegger on one knee, petting a deer while his daughter feeds it when they're out in the woods and they're both smiling is maybe my favorite shot in this entire fucking yeah, movie. it's so funny. And then fishing. Fishing, yes. And swimming. Mm-hmm. And a little hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, exactly. He's teaching her how to break someone's jaw with her elbow. It's really sweet. Now, hey, I noticed something, though. What? Well, did Jenny, his daughter, Mm -hmm. Melissa Milano, did she spring Athena-like from his temple? (laughs) Apparently. Because there's no mom present. There's no mom, and there's not even a mention of a mom. Or a picture of a mom. Nothing. (laughs) I think, do you think that maybe she's the child of one of his slain enemies? Oh. And he just sort of took her out of a sense of responsibility? Like, he's like, oh no, I've orphaned a child. But that would be too interesting, (laughs) so no, it can't, that can't be it. That can't be it. She's just there. Your papa was my best friend, but he took a grenade in the ear, (laughs) and I promised his corpse that I would take care of you. So I killed your mama, and I I brought you here to this cabin. Uh, Yeah, so that's probably it, right? Yeah, so she made, yeah, so we cut to family domestic, she makes a sandwich. Yeah. Credits are over, so they know they can both talk now. Yeah, and we get get to see Schwarzenegger as the the cool dad. Yeah, he's like, what's in this? Glass. (laughs) (laughs) Just eat it. Just eat it. Shut up and eat it. <laughs> and then we get to hear him the dumbest, laziest, out of... It was even out of out of date in 1985 when he makes the fucking Boy George joke. Yeah. He's like, you should, yeah, more like Girl George, am I right? Huh? 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 And fuck yeah, you. Because he's <laughs> effeminate. Come on. They said in East Germany... Oh, this is the as much backstory as we're going to get. They said in East Germany that rock and roll is decadent and lead to downfall... They were probably right. Yeah. <laughs> and you realize, oh, okay, that's the explanation then, for why Arnold Schwarzenegger I, yeah. is an American guy. Why a very obvious Austrian is uh, in the U.S. military. <laughs> um, but their their pleasant lunch gets uh, gets interrupted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His his commando sense starts to tingle. Exactly. Which, and his commando sense is, is unerring. Oh, boy. <laughs> Does he have a lot of superpowers he, in this movie, he, guys? He probably smelled the helicopter coming. <laughs> 
he he looks up and he sees a helicopter. Yeah. And his daughter recognizes it as a military helicopter before we can even see it. <laughs> He's like, why is there an army helicopter coming, Daddy? Um, but who's on that helicopter? It's it's Major General What's-His-Face. Exposition? Yeah, Major General Exposition. <laughs> yes. It's Kirby. He lands and he's like, and he has some men with him and he's like, all right, go find John Matrix. This is his house. And then he turns around and there's John Matrix right behind him and he pulls his own yeah. gun on him and he's like, I would have had you. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you're, you, you're the best, John Matrix. You trained me. <laughs> you're like Rambo, only you're not. You're nothing like Rambo and nobody should ever yeah. say that. With fewer personality problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like a more mentally stable Rambo. Um, <laughs> and and the, the, the general catches him up on what we've already seen in the pre credit stuff. He says, the people have been going around and killing the former members of your team, and we think we have a leak from the inside. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna we, we're gonna leave a couple of men here to protect you to make sure they don't come to get you next. And he's like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna leave a couple men here. Yeah, are they any good? Not as good as you, oh, Matrix. You were so good, John. <laughs> Can you do me a favor? Just kill one of them, just so I can see it in action again. I just want to watch. Hastings, come here. Oh, boy! <laughs> Am I going to get killed by John Matrix? You've heard so much about you in training. Will you take a picture? Pull my tongue out through my throat. <laughs> no, no, no. Punch through my chest. <laughs> no, yeah, well, that's a good one. <laughs> but it, none of that happens, unfortunately. No. Because... Major, Major General Exposition leaves yeah. on his helicopter. And what happens immediately after that? A bunch of guys who were hiding in the bushes pop up with guns and they they, they kill all the army guys except for the one yeah. who manages to crawl into the house with uh, John and Jenny Matrix. Yeah, and John tells him, oh, they're downwind. And he's like, downwind? And he's like, "You don't tell me you can smell uh, I can't smell them. Something like yeah. that. Basically, the line indicates that John Matrix can smell people. Yeah, he's Wolverine. <laughs> he can smell them coming. So he leaves Dude and he he runs to his NRA dream shed. Yeah, his his Punisher shack. <laughs> He's got a little code, and he inputs it in there. It probably is like death, murder, kill that he spells out on the little thing. And it opens up, and it's just filled with guns. Mm-hmm. But in the time that he was away to go get his guns, a couple of things happened. Yeah. <laughs> The- number one, they, they kidnapped his daughter. And number two, when he runs up to the cabin, and I gotta get your opinion on this. He opens the door, the guy he left behind is standing there, and then he's dead, and he falls over. Right? right. How, how did the dude die at the door? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, what, did they prop him up there? This will be great. This will be great. And he opens the door, that guy will fall out. It'll be exactly. awesome. They propped him up like James Cagney at the end of The Public Enemy. So that when <laughs> when when he opens the door, oh, there he is. Boom. I mean, it must be perfect timing. He opens the door, the guy stands there for a second. He's looking up. He's obviously dead. And he, then he falls forward. And we're like supposed to be, oh, no, poor guy. He died. <laughs> Whatever his name was. <laughs> <laughs> at least I got to be next to John Matrix. <laughs> Exactly. What happens? He goes inside and there's a dude there, right? Yeah. And he's like, hey, guess what? We kidnapped your daughter. And if you want to see her back, you're going to do what we tell you to do. And yeah. Matrix is like, no. And he kills him. What's his What's his uh, clever uh, his, his clever bit of dialogue? Uh, is no deal or fuck you yeah. or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. And he shoots him in the head. And then he looks yeah. out the window and he sees the, the cars that they came in, like driving away. Yeah. So he runs out to his car, his, his, uh, his, his Chevy Blazer or whatever. 
And he's like, yeah. oh, shit, they fucked with my engine. I can't start my yeah, car. Yeah, they ripped out the engine, and they ripped all the wires out, yeah. and it's got no brakes. So, he, so what does he do? He says, who needs an engine when you got gravity? Yeah. And he pushes his truck down the hill and hops in and just off-roads it, you know, tr- hoping that he'll... All the way down. Hoping that he's going to, like, cross them as they're driving on the road. And he almost does. He just misses them um, after knocking down a bunch of trees and shit on the way down the hill. A couple of times, yeah. yeah. And uh, he wrecks he, he wrecks his truck, and they, they, they stop, and they get out, and they're, uh, they they get on him, and there's a little bit of a fight, I think, and they yeah. end up, like, subduing him. And then someone shows up. Who shows up? It's Bennett. Bennett, the guy who died yeah, in the boat? he's still alive. Holy shit. Yeah, and he pulls out a handgun. Yeah. Uh, you know, a forty-five, an automatic weapon, and then shoots him somehow with a tranquilizer with a dart. dart. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize you could modify an automatic weapon to shoot tranquilizer darts, but in this movie, it even makes the sound, yeah. which is impossible because that would mean that it's pneumatic, and, you know, those guns aren't pneumatic at all, but, you know, whatever. whatever. Fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. So he takes a dart nap. <laughs> yep. And he wakes up to Carla's husband. Yeah, exactly. Who is a South American dictator. He's super bad. <laughs> yeah. And he's Hispanic from a vaguely South American country yeah. called Valverde. Yeah, it's it's one of those countries that sounds like it would be like the setting of an early MacGyver episode, you know? Or a brand of salsa. Or a brand of salsa. <laughs> or like a Knight Rider or something. You know, just one of those like, you know, like uh, South American country. Yeah. You know? And he's like, I want you to go kill the president of Valverde so I can take over or we'll kill your daughter. And what does he say? He says, okay. No, he doesn't. He says, fuck <laughs> he says, you. fuck you. I'm not doing <laughs> First it. First he says, fuck you. And then they say, oh, well, we'll cut up your daughter into pieces. And then he says, okay. All right, fine. If you're going to cut her up. Yeah. And this is when we see Bennett in his uh, commando, his, his, <sighs> someone needs to talk to Bennett. He, yeah. He, he's not, whatever look he's going for, he's not pulling it off. Black t-shirt with a chainmail a vest. Chainmail is, vest. That wouldn't even fly and Cobra, dude. <laughs> they they would look at you like, what are you going for? What is go, this? Go be with the Dreadnoughts. They, they, they'll accept that, but he's just not... Mm. <laughs> Yeah, so 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 they they have his daughter, and the deal is he's supposed to get on an airplane, right? And someone's going to ride on the plane with him to make sure he yeah. stays on the plane. And then there's going to Enrique, yeah, Enrique, and and then there's going to there's going to be people that like you know meet him on the other side, and also Sully, one of the other guys, is yeah, Sully and Enrique is going to make yeah, Sully's going to stay at the airport to make sure that like the plane takes off. Enrique is going to fly with him, and he's going to call him and say, okay, he's on the plane, right? So they take him to the airport. We find out that Sully is gross. Yeah. <laughs> but then they get on the plane. They get on the plane and, you know, they sit down and the stewardesses are all giving around and then um, uh, then John Matrix kills Henry Gay very, in front of everybody. Very casually. Like, he just pulls him over in a headlock yeah. like he's going to give him a noogie or something and then he just... Yeah. <laughs> Anybody watching would have just naturally assumed, oh, he hit that guy in the face. Oh, and then he gave him a hug around his neck. <laughs> I'm sure that's fine. Oh, and now he's asleep. That's normal. I'm sure everything's fine. Oh, look, he's putting a hat over him so we don't see his face. Oh, and now he's getting up during takeoff to go to the bathroom. Mm, and it suddenly occurred to me just now, how long is the flight? Yeah. 11 hours yeah. from Los Angeles to Valverde. 
11 hours. It's a long flight. It only takes nine hours to get to fucking Brazil. <laughs> so where are they going? It's Where is this country? It's way south in South America. It's all the way down it's at the bottom. It's fucking in the Antarctic, as near as I can tell. It takes less time to fly to Europe. How is this 11 hours away? He's going... Look, it's it's not a direct flight. They're going down to visit the, the, the resting place of Ernest Shackleton in Antarctica. No, it has place. to be a direct flight because that's when they find out that Enrique is dead. Oh, okay, you're right. When they have to... If they have to do a stopover and everyone gets off, they're going to be trying to wake up the dead guy who's who's conveniently been asleep for the whole flight. Maybe it's just a shitty airline and the plane's not very fast. Oh yeah, and the other thing, hey, what happened to the guy who was sitting with him? He's not on the plane anymore. Hmm. Oh well, I guess we better not turn around since we can't locate a passenger. The the hulk of a man (laughs) who was sitting there. Yeah, no stewardess can go up and go, sir, did you find the person? Oh. His brains are coming out of his nose. (laughs) That's not right. 11-hour flights have food service. Someone is going to nudge him and ask the dude, would you like a drink or food or something? And, oh, yeah, didn't you come in here with a guy who said you were really tired? Yeah. I think his line was, he's dead tired? Yeah. Hmm, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dear Lord. So, so, Mommy, I've been sleeping next to a dead man. <laughs> what kind of airline is this? But for the sake of the movie, let's play pretend that it's a non-stop flight with no meal service and and a, a host staff that does not notice that one of their passengers are missing, that they definitely checked into the plane. <sighs> so now he has to find... So we get it. He's got to find um, um, Arius, the bad yeah. guy, and his daughter before le- before it lands in Valverde. Right. And the people at Valverde go, he's not on the plane. And then, because if they say that, then they're going to kill his daughter. So he's got to find them in 11 hours, right? Right. So what does he do, Steve? How does he get off the plane? Because the door's closed. Yeah. He just murdered Enriquez for nothing if it turns out he can't get off the plane. <laughs> oh, shit. If he couldn't get off the plane, he's going to have to... D- he's going to have to explain why there's a dead man next to him. <laughs> Look, I could explain... I don't know, he just went to sleep, and then now he's dead. Death is inevitable for all of us. (laughs) There is no escaping our own mortality. There's blood coming out of his nose. These are the mysteries of the cosmos. I can see his neck bones poking out the wrong way from his neck. He did not buckle his (laughs) seatbelt. Okay, so, so he, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah. He has to he has to get off the plane somehow. So what does he, he do? He goes back to the cargo area mm-hmm. and he rips he blatantly disregards airplane policy and he rips open a big like cloth divider that says do not open during flight. He's like fuck the safety <laughs> of the other crash. people on this plane. <laughs> Um, and he gets down somehow into the landing gear, and yeah. he, he like crawls out onto one of the rear landing gear wheels while the plane is taxiing down the runway. Yeah. And he waits for the plane to take off. Does he jump off while it's taxiing? Huh? He does he take? Does he get off when it's taxiing? No, he doesn't. Funny, you should mention that. Oh. He he holds on until the plane takes off. Okay, and then what <laughs> and does then he do? Then he lets go. <laughs> oh, he lets go, and that's when he falls into a very shallow pool of water. Yeah, and he's fine. Don't Did worry. he know that jet passenger? Just Let's take off at 150 <laughs> to 180 miles an hour. Apparently not. Which means that not only did he manage to hold on to the plane at that speed, <laughs> but when he hit the water, he didn't skip across it, quickly becoming a corpse skipping stone across the pond. No, no, no. We're supposed to believe that that shot of a stuntman falling about 10 feet into four <laughs> yes, feet of water. Straight down. <laughs> 
Okay, okay. just want to make sure. He was sure. okay. He fell in water. Okay. And listen, in an action movie, when you fall in water, it's okay. That's the way it works. I guess. So now, the yacht. We cut to the yacht. Because Arius and Bennett are getting on a boat with Jenny, and they're getting on, on a boat, on a yacht, yeah. and then they, they go away. I guess they're not going to Valverde. No, they're going somewhere Because that'll else. take a really long time. <laughs> 11 hours by plane does not equal 11 hours by boat. Well, he right? yeah, well I mean he wants to give I guess he wants to give Matrix enough time to kill everybody too, you know. We'll yeah. take the boat. <laughs> <clears throat> So now, what does Matrix do? He runs across the airfield, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. No one calls a cop and said, "Hey, there's someone running around on our airfield." <laughs> it looks like the guy who was reported missing from that flight that just took off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, he runs back into the airport, yeah. and who is he looking for? Well, he's looking for uh, Sully, the guy. Oh, it's a good thing Sully has no impulse control and is a real creep. Yeah, huh? yeah, because uh, Sully is is hitting on one of the flight attendants, who is, I guess, she's she's. Uh... She's just sort of waiting for her next flight, Mm-mm. and because she leaves. Remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. She's 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 done. Like she's she's leaving. And yeah. that, this would be uh, Cindy, played by Ray Don Chong. Yeah, and he's all like, "Hi, I want to put my boner in you," <laughs> and she's like, "Fuck <laughs> off! You're so gross." Ew. Yeah. So maybe he's like a rapist. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, it certainly doesn't seem like he's not. <laughs> I mean, let's give the guy a break. He's just trying to get a date in the creepiest way exactly. possible from a stranger. How is he supposed to meet new people if he's not allowed <laughs> to talk to people? These new feminists uh. don't appreciate how hard it is for a man to meet a woman creepily in an airport. Can't she take a compliment? <laughs> he's just trying to be nice to her. Um, so does Sully grab? Uh, does uh, Matrix grab Sully while he's in the airport and drag him into a men's room and, and beat the information <laughs> he, out of him? He does not. Oh, uh, what is what is he doing? He he follows them into the parking garage. Oh, okay. Where Sully is continuing to follow Cindy and badger her and trying to get her. Yeah, at her car. Yeah, and and then he says. What? Fuck you, bitch. Yeah, yeah. She's she's like, look, dude, I'm really not interested. Get lost. And he calls her a and, whore, which I thought yeah. was interesting because he's calling her a whore for not wanting to sleep with him. That's no, curious. No. Um, I'm not gonna make any commentary on and that. Then, <laughs> and and then, uh, oh wait. So does wait? Does Matrix then grab Sully when he goes back to his car? No. And then beat the information he out of him? Does not. Why? It's an abandoned garage. It's a good, you know, it's a good question. I yeah, don't, it is. I don't know why. Because he has. What is he doing? He instead? has another plan. See. Oh, okay. What's the What's the well, other? The plan? other plan is he he uh, accosts Cindy. <laughs> and he. <laughs> Wait a minute. We can't call her Cindy because we don't. We don't. They don't say her name. Oh yeah. For a really <laughs> long time in this until movie. like halfway through the movie or something. And they don't even bother to tell the audience the name. He just suddenly knows. He's like, it. "Oh, this is Cindy." No, he doesn't even do that. Yeah, he just doesn't. He calls for her name, Cindy. That's the yeah, first time like, we know what her name is. That, is. Is that what her name is? Exactly. Is we don't. We don't get. There's no introduction scene. Well, I'm Cindy, or blah blah blah. He just grabs her. Oh boy, rips the seat out of her car for some, <laughs> for some reason. reason. Why does he rip the seat out of? her I don't car? know. That never really goes anywhere, does it? I guess maybe so he no. can hide a little better. So because because he <laughs> want the deal is he he gives Cindy like the really quick synopsis of what's mm-hmm. going on. He's like, hey, I need you to help me. He doesn't tell her about his daughter yet, but he's basically like, hey, I need you to follow that guy. It's really important. And I could easily break your neck in 
five places. Drive. But I won't. Follow Sully. Yeah, and I guess I guess take, taking out the seat is so he can, like, get down lower. So if Sully checks in the rearview mirror, he won't see Arnold Schwarzenegger oh. in the car behind him. But anybody else driving past your really tiny car will notice that there is a man in not sitting in a seat laying <laughs> yes. down on the passenger a, side. A huge man trying to conceal himself so, in her car. Because she's not driving a really tall car. No. Uh, just about anybody in a truck, a van, a sedan would look down and see a man hiding. Like, oh, hey, isn't that Arnold Schwarzenegger? I wonder what he's doing. Um, so they, yeah, but but Cindy goes along with it and they uh-huh. follow Sully and he's, he goes into a mall. Oh, he goes into a mall. I guess he's going to go pick up the, you know, the usual stuff, you know, some smarm cream from the body shop <laughs> and uh, a panty inspector shirt from Spencer's Gifts exactly. and, uh, oh, probably a card for mom because he's not a total monster. Of course. Oh, no, he's going to a restaurant. Yeah. To make some kind of shady deal. Right. right? Yeah, there's a guy. Because that's where you do shady deals is at a mall restaurant. Yeah, there's like a guy waiting for him in like a white suit and a Panama hat, you know. <laughs> like you do yeah. in a mall. In a mall <laughs> in Los Angeles. <laughs> so what is so does he grab him in the restaurant and pull him into the into the into the bathroom and beat the information out of him? Um no, actually. Strangely enough. Oh, what does he do now? This is the point where he decides to smarten Cindy up to what's going on. He says, Okay, look, here's the deal. Uh Sully's a bad guy and he works for another bad guy, and the bad guy has my daughter, and they wanted me to do a bad thing or they would kill my daughter, but I decided to not do the bad thing. Instead, I'm gonna follow Sully back to the other bad people and just kill them all and take my daughter back. But I need your help, flight attendant, whose name I don't know yet. Oh, yeah, here's the things I'm leaving out. I'm kind of a murder machine. <laughs> There's nothing I can't kill without my, with my bare hands. And if you give me a gun, holy shit. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> so please, whatever you do, don't think I'm a crazy person and tell a security yeah, guard. <laughs> Don't snitch me out to the cops, please. I want you to just believe what I'm telling you. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and be part of my plans. And go flirt with that creepy guy. <laughs> that guy, that rapey the, guy in the, the garage. Guy, the, flirt with him and then lead him back out here. Yeah. Go go, now, go, make nice with the guy who, like, five minutes ago called you a whore for turning him down. Could you do that for now, me? Now, Cindy please? must be thinking that this is Sully's secondary plan. Yeah. That this is... <laughs> this is like, okay, she didn't fall for my weird grossness, so here's what we're going to do. You pretend <laughs> to be a guy that I'm being bad to, and then we'll, you'll you'll have her lure me out, and she'll think she's doing a good thing, and then, then we'll be on a date. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll do, all right. <clears throat> But does uh, does she do it? No, no. She does the thing with where she, that she's not supposed to do, where she immediately goes and tells a security guard that she's being menaced yeah. by a frightening Austrian man. Yeah, and then the security guard does something that's really funny. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he picks up his microphone and he says, quote, attention all units. Attention all units. <laughs> You're not a cop. <laughs> Attention all units is something that dispatchers say when they want to notify all police units of something, some major shit going well, down. what's he supposed to like say? Like a kidnapping. Well, or What's he supposed to say? Uh, Attention fellow rent-a-cops. Yeah, that would <laughs> be more appropriate. Or, guys, guys. They make it seem like these these security guards aren't rapidly trained. I mean, the, the bulk of their training was, can you afford a baton? Right. Yes? Great. You got a job. Here you go. 
<sighs> he attended a 45-minute so, orientation. He's he's good. He's <laughs> Here's your brown uniform. Go stand in the mo- apparently the most popular mall in all of Las Van- all of Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah. He he and hey. one of his fellow security guards gets on the radio and he's he's talking to some girls when he gets the call and he's like, "Yeah, I'll be right there." And then he says to the girl, "Hey, you want to come watch me kick some ass?" Yeah, but here's the thing. One guy says attention all units. The other guy is like, yeah, I'll be right there. So maybe it's just the one guy who thinks he's a cop. <laughs> yeah, and the other the other security guards are like, oh, it's fucking Barry. Barry, stop, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> he, he thinks he's like on Dragnet or something. <laughs> fucking Barry. He's doing Kirk rolls going up to him and hiding behind pillars and shit. Um, so uh, the guards try to stop him. Yeah. That goes that poorly. That does not work. That results in a fight. And uh oh, Sully sees Matrix. Oh man! And he's like, "I need a quarter. Someone give me a quarter." And he steals. Does he get a quarter? He steals a quarter yeah. from from what's her face because he, he sees what's her face too. He gets a quarter from and Cindy. he calls someone who cares. No. <laughs> He runs to a phone booth. Yeah. And then John gets away from all of the security guards. By He's in the middle of this group and he just smashes them all. You're not going to... You're trying to convince me that he isn't a superhero, but he's constantly doing things that no human being he can does, do. He does like an Incredible Hulk thing where he just throws them yeah. all off. Yeah, and then he runs and he picks up the phone booth, the thing that is weighted so that it cannot be stolen, and he throws yeah. it to the ground. He doesn't just pull it down. He picks it up and like flips it over like it's it's quite a feat of strength <sighs> and then bullets start flying yeah. a couple of security guards die including barry oh uh, yeah well you know that's that's how barry wanted to go though <laughs> and uh sully makes it back to his car and he's driving off he didn't make the phone call no. thank goodness and then uh, john goes back and steals cindy's car and he's driving in front of them all and then cindy comes running out and tells him to stop <laughs> And despite the fact that if Sully makes it to a phone, his daughter will be chopped up into little pieces and fed to a dog, he slows down and stops for Cindy anyway. And then Cindy recaps everything we just saw in the mall. <laughs> Previously on Commando. You know, like three yeah, seconds like we've ago. we've been watching. It's not, it's not a series. It's just the one thing. Yeah. So now we have a car yeah. chase and that ends with him hitting Sully's, uh, Sully's car, which is a Porsche. Yeah. And it flips over onto its side. And they hit a light pole at 40 to 45 miles an hour, wearing no seat belts or airbags. In fact, Cindy doesn't even have a fucking seat. But yeah, they're, fine. they're fine. They don't go flying through the windshield. No. Makes you want, you know, it really shows you that, that you know, Quentin Tarantino's death proof was just completely full of shit. You don't need all that stuff done to a car. You're fine. Uh, yeah, so he gets out, Matrix gets out of Cindy's wrecked car that he's just smashed into a a pole and he pulls Sully out of his car and he drags uh-huh. he drags him over to a cliff because they're they're stopped like uh-huh. on, on a road like on the edge of a cliff and right. he, he holds him over the edge of the cliff by an ankle by an ankle and he's like don't yeah. don't forget this is my weak arm Sully and he's yeah. like tell me where they've got my daughter or I'm gonna drop you and uh, and he's like I don't know and then he goes that's okay you already told me yeah. anyway and he shows him keys yeah he's got his motel so keys so the whole the whole tell me where they are thing is pointless yeah. And then he says, because this is a line that we skipped over. It's one of the, the famous lines from the movie where earlier... In, yeah. This is one of the famous lines in the movie. Well, earlier in the in, in, the, uh, in, in the, the movie when he first is with Sully, when he says, you're a funny guy, Sully. I like you. 
I'll kill you last. And now here he is. And then he said again, remember when I... Remember when I said I was going to kill you last? So he's like, yeah, yeah, you did. You did say that. Yeah. I didn't mean it. Goodbye. And then he drops him. He actually says, I lied. And then, okay, so he drops Sully. Sully gives a blood-curdling scream all the way down. No, Sully's dummy does. Yes, Sully's dummy does. (laughs) And so then Matrix walks over to Cindy, and Cindy, who was 10 feet away the whole time, says, what happened over there? I don't have depth perception. I'm blind. I can't see 20 feet in front of me. I heard screaming. <laughs> He's like, no. Oh, and uh, um, she says, what happened to Sully? And he says, I let him go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Great uh, writing. He pushes Sully's, because her car is fucked, so he pushes Sully's. Oh, I just murdered the guy. <laughs> I dropped him off a cliff. You still want to come with me? <laughs> Get in! <laughs> then they take, they flip over Sully's S- car, S- yeah. Sully's car, and then they're going to go to the Neon Motel. Yeah, right? this is where Sully was staying, apparently. And the unnamed lady is still helping him because, um... What else she going to do? Oh, uh, oh, we skipped over something. We had to cut to the island stronghold. Oh, yes, yes, because... Yeah, remember, they, they show up, they, the boat gets to the island stronghold. It's on an island somewhere. Yeah. It's populated only by bad guys. Yes, yeah, it's one of those supervillain islands. It's also three hours away from the coast of the United States. This island, st- military island stronghold. Yeah, you know. Off the coast of California. <laughs> that, I guess, America is okay with. It's like, hey, you notice that we got a whole island stronghold filled with uh, a building military presence? Should we do something about it? No. <laughs> hey, they don't bother us, we won't bother them. Yeah, why not? I mean, after all, we all we did was embargo Cuba, and they were 90 miles away. This is three hours from the coast of California. By yacht. <laughs> Should we do something? Eh, no. Don't worry about it. <laughs> anyway, they throw Jenny in a room and she gets all upset, but she shouldn't be upset because she knows her dad is a murder yeah, machine. Yeah, all she's got to do is just chill out and wait for him to get there. Yeah, that's right. So she's down, down. Then we get to the neon motel where unnamed lady is helping John. Um, yeah. I don't know. But John, John, they get there and they're searching through the the motel and then they hear a knock at the door and like, oh no, but John has a plan. And he's like, quick, lady who I just met. <laughs> I'm sorry, lady who I just met who I, you know, I destroyed your car. I murdered someone right in front of you. I need you to do something. Rip your shirt open like that to show your boobies and you pretend to be a hooker. Okay, thumbs up. <laughs> I go hide in the bathroom. <laughs> And she does because she's definitely a good sport. You can you can say that. I guess who's at the front door? It's one of uh, it's yeah, Cook. Yeah, Cook. One of yeah, and he's like, uh, "Hey, where's Sully?" And she's like, "Oh, he's uh, in the shower." In the shower. Who are you? I'm a hooker. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah guess. basically. And he goes inside, and then a fight yeah. ensues. Matrix sneaks up behind him, and they have a big fight. Yeah. And it, I, and the, he shoots his gun a bunch of times, yeah. and they smash across furniture and all this other stuff. And then they smash into the next room so we can get our gratuitous boob yep. shot. Because there's a couple having sex on a bed, of course, because that's what happens in every single one of these piece of shit yep. movies. Is whenever you go into another room, there's a couple having sex. Can I ask you a question, what? Steve? This couple in the next room? <laughs> The next hotel room over? They're having sex, yeah, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, baby, yeah, keep going. In the next room, <laughs> this is what's going on. <laughs> I eat green berets for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and they just continued to fuck each <laughs> other? It. Just keep going. Should I call the police? No, I'm almost there, baby. Please don't stop. 
<laughs> the noises are helping <laughs> because they don't even get off the bed when they smash through the no, wall. They, they, you you, they, you get the you get the impression that they would keep going if 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 Matrix and Cook just would leave immediately, they would get right back to they're it. They're committed. The, the Jeez Louise! But then um, they stake Cook through the heart like a vampire, yes. and he's dead. And still no cops show up. No one calls the nope. cops. Nothing's happened, nope. despite six or seven gunshots having gone off. <laughs> And they go outside, and they search his car, and um, they see a thing for Patria Enterprises? Yeah, and it's a receipt. It's a fuel receipt. And Cindy knows what it is, because not only is she a flight attendant, she's also a pilot. And she knows that this is a particular kind of fuel that is used for airplanes. And so they're like, oh, he must must have an airplane. He's going to fly his airplane somewhere. So we should go to the address that's on this receipt, and we'll find him, right? Yeah, and she goes because uh, she wants to hell with uh finding the daughter yeah, i guess okay sure <laughs> hey every every action hero needs a sidekick and she's the only one who showed up so so they show up at patriot enterprises jay john sees the gate is locked with a padlock chain which he just breaks with his bare hands yep he's Remember? not super though he's just a normal man then he crawls up the side of the building like spider-man yeah <laughs> And yes. rips off a metal panel. Are we sure he's not an X-Men? <laughs> What's inside of Patria Enterprises? It looks like one of them, their illegal, uh, like, supervillain drug operations. Look, dude, if they're not going to care, if the United States government is not going to care about a militarized comp- uh, compound island stronghold off the coast of California, do you think they give a fuck about uh, obvious illegal weapon stash <laughs> in Los Angeles? No. I, I guess not, no. No, but it, it's like one of those. It's like one of those warehouses that like James Bond would f- stumble onto in you know some unnamed Eastern European country. Yeah, so in he a James Bond movie. He clumsy ninjas his way into a back room where he kills another dude that's just standing there, probably thinking about his kids. He's like, yeah. Dada. oh, I can't wait to get home. Pepito has learned how to read, and oh, it's so good to be living here in the United States. As soon as I'm done with this paramilitary organization, I'm going to open my own. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we discover her name for the first time because he opens yeah. the window and goes, Cindy. Thanks, movie. And she's like, Is that my name? <laughs> Is he talking to me? Huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> so then they get in there and they do some more Scooby-Doo shit looking around for stuff. Yeah, and this is where he somehow f- works out that they need to go to the island. Yeah, and it's off the coast of Santa Barbara. Yeah. And, yeah, no no one cares. No one cares. And, um, <laughs> uh, oh, and there's a boat because she finds a picture of a boat because they just have a picture of a boat. Can yeah. you tell me why they took a picture of the boat? No, not I the boat. The airplane boat. The, the, yeah, the, the seaplane. The seaplane. They, they really like it. And she's like, hey, this is, must be how they get back and forth to the island. They didn't do it before. They went on a yacht. They would on a They could have yeah. gone on by the plane. That would have been faster since they had the plane. But I guess that would mean that we would have to go there by yacht, and that would take too much time. So it's a good thing they went by yacht, and we're going by plane, right? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand anything you're saying. Uh-huh. So now they know where they go. But first, they got to do what, Steve? Well, they got to they gotta go shopping. That's right. So they, go. Uh, they go to a <laughs> surplus store. Yeah, which is closed, but that's okay. Because he has a key. A, a bulldozer-shaped key. <laughs> he has a bulldozer-shaped key. And so they, they he bulldozes through the front of the store. Right. And they go through with a shopping cart, and he's yeah. throwing, like, you know... Like tons of shit f- in it, yeah. Tons of shit, like fatigues and vests and mm-hmm. like, smoke bombs. 
drums and all kinds of shit. And then he, he I guess he, everybody just knows where the secret weapons cache is because yeah. he goes behind the counter and he's like, where is it? And he uh-huh. hits a secret switch. And then uh, this, the, the, the surplus store has a secret Punisher room too. Yeah, wow, that's a surprise. With, yeah. And it's got all the goodies that you could ever want, including a rocket launcher and everything. Yeah, and he's and, like, I'll take one of these and one of these and one of these. And, and he's like, hey, Cindy, take all of this stuff that we've accumulated back to the car. And she's like, cool, I'm going to sit here and load up on some ammunition, which they haven't showed us yet. Um, that's what I'm <laughs> going to do. We've been here for 20 minutes. We bulldozed our way into a building, and I guess the building didn't have any alarms or anything. There aren't a whole fleet of cops. Oh, shit. There's <laughs> cops. Oh, Finally, shit. cops show up. How many cops, Steve? Uh, what is it, like three? Two. Two? <laughs> And uh, they they arrest John Matrix. Uh-huh. They throw his ass. They put in him the back in. Of a SWAT okay, let me man. let me. I just want to make sure that they did everything according to the way police do it. Right? They they showed up in force because it's a surplus store that's been bulldozed open. <laughs> they processed him. They kept him on scene to try to question him a little bit. It didn't work. They put him in the back of a squad car. Let him sit there for a little while while they gathered evidence and taped off the crime scene. They interviewed anybody that was paying attention nearby, including Cindy, who's just sitting there in a car in plain view of everybody. <laughs> they questioned whoever they could. They let left five or six officers there at the scene with the crime scene taped up. They I, they uh, drove him to the police station in a squad car, right? I See, I, I don't think that's what they did, though. What did they do? I think they just threw him straight into the back of a SWAT team van and drove him straight away. Why did they, they do left, that? They the, didn't leave anybody behind. <laughs> Because Cindy drives away in her car with all of the yeah, with all the stolen merchandise, apparently completely unnoticed by the cops. Like and the the ammo that they didn't pick up because he was picking up ammo when he got arrested. Well, that's why. See, that's why you can see now why Cindy is an excellent choice for a sidekick because she she fills in those things. You know. Okay. I think what happened was they just said, "Oh shit, Arnold Schwarzenegger is breaking into an army surplus store. We got to get him out of here." Yeah, I guess. So they just yeah. So she drives up to the van, right? And I guess. She figured the only way to get a man's attention is to pretend to be a hooker. And it works. Yep, it does. Be- it works because every man in the movie, with the possible exception of John Matrix, is a total fucking scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> and they and they see a woman dressed professionally for the yeah, most part, wearing a and, suit top, a, a suit yeah. top, a, a, you know, a blouse and a skirt. And they think, oh, it must be a hooker. Yeah, they say it out loud, <laughs> hooker. <laughs> and then they drive off, and then she breaks out the rocket launcher, shoots it the wrong direction. Oops! Turns it around, shoots the van. I guess her plan is to hopefully not kill everyone in sign of it. <laughs> yes. Van flips over. John is alive. Yep. He says, how did you know how to do that? And she said, I, I read the instructions while you were being processed. No, I read the instructions and still managed to shoot it wrong the first time. <laughs> It's a complicated weapon. Uh-huh. You don't know. So now where are they going? Well, now they have to go get, get the seaplane. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. I bet that goes off without a hitch. They just go and sneak in and get the seaplane, right? Yeah, except for when they get shot at for like 20 minutes oh. by guys with Uzis who can't hit anything. Okay. <laughs> Can I ask you a question, Steve? Yeah. How come the entire city of Los Angeles isn't on lockdown at this point? It seems kind well, of like... Let's take a look at yeah. the events so far. Just in the city of Los Angeles... Angeles on this one day. <laughs> Passenger disappears off airplane. <laughs> Shootout at mall. Car chase down Ventura Boulevard. <laughs> Motel murder. And shots fired. <laughs> Guy drives bulldozer through store. Navy surplus store. <laughs> Two cops nearly killed in rocket launch attack. 
And yep. now shootout at the pier. Yeah, and and not a shootout with cops. No, with a military guys with... in military uniforms. Yeah, yeah. No one ever stopped to say, hey, how come those guys... That's not the U.S. military. They're just dressed like military dudes. Nope, I guess that doesn't work. Why are there, why are there members of a foreign military in uniform mm-hmm. on American Why hasn't soil? martial law been declared in L.A. yet? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matrix will take care of it. Uh, so, now they get into the plane. Cindy uh, kind of knows how to fly it, right? Yeah, but she still needs Matrix to push the throttle for her to get up <laughs> because she's like, we're, we're going to hit those boats. We're not going to make it. And he's like, like, we're going to make it. And he pushes <laughs> the thing. And now we come to see Steve's favorite scene that is in there for no fucking reason at all whatsoever, as near as <gasps> I can tell. Yes, this is where we see my favorite, my, a fleeting glimpse of my favorite actor. Yeah. Cindy Cindy says, oh, we're flying into a, a weapons range, a weapons yeah. test area. Yeah. And then the then uh, Steve's favorite actor goes, hey, you're not supposed to be here. Land. And they and go, like, no. we'll dive below radar and we'll disappear. And then they do that. And and it works perfectly. Apparently. Why is that scene in there? I don't know. I What is it? This- it doesn't say, it doesn't add anything to the plot. has nothing to do with anything. It's just, hey, we're in this place we're not supposed to fly. Fly low. Okay, end of scene. <laughs> I, I think it's the same explanation as to why Bill Paxton is ever in any movie. He's friends with someone who was one of the producers, and they did him a favor. Mm-hmm. They said, "We'll get. Our, I want to get my buddy in this. The and end of that scene a- is literally Bill Paxton going, We lost him, sir. Um, lunch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do we do now? <laughs> they were there then, and I was talking to him, and they disappeared. <laughs> Should we send someone out to look for him? Guy from the guy from from Close Encounters shows up. <laughs> it was obvious that friends from another planet have come and stolen this airplane. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who are you? What are you doing here? <laughs> they belong there more than we. <laughs> oh, you bet that movie's coming, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so, uh, they arrive at the island. Yeah. And we can, um, uh, prepare for violence palooza, right? Exactly. And he tells Cindy, listen, when I get onto the thing, you gotta call this the, the guy Major General Exposition and let him know where <laughs> I am. I'm not sh- quite sure why we didn't do that while we were flying here. <laughs> <laughs> what did they talk about while they were flying? It's, you know, Cheese sandwiches? Who, who knows? <laughs> when they get there and he's like and she's like how will you know and she's like you'll, you'll hear you'll hear the explosions and stuff <laughs> oh i'm gonna kill everybody you'll now, hear it here's the thing steve he goes in with the explosions and shooting everybody right yeah uh-huh. um not the stealth approach no you know where you sneak in you secure your daughter first <laughs> and then you go on a murder rampage <laughs> no he does it the other way you would think that uh the instant the people who have your daughter hear shooting and explosions that someone just doesn't cut her throat right then and there yeah well there's also the problem of i mean how does he know that she's not in one of the buildings that he blows up (laughs) he doesn't because he blows up like every building in the compound other than the building she's in we've got to break down this scene dude because this okay (laughs) 
<laughs> he turns out Jenny escaped because when they right. start hearing the explosions, Bennett goes, "Oh, time to go kill her!" And he pulls the door, and the the door handle comes off. They bust the door down, and she's pried open a panel, and she's run off into the basement or the steam room or whatever. Right. And Bennett, rather than fighting the man who he keeps saying the only reason he's doing, okay, I got to do this. Hmm. Bennett has been going on and on about how much he wants to kill John Matrix. And the only reason he's doing this job wasn't for the $100,000 they offered him, but because he's always wanted to kill John Matrix. Do you, right. know, you know why he hates John Matrix so much? Why? Because he got fired. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so it's a personal that's grudge. the main villain's motivation, is that he got fired from a job, <laughs> and that apparently it drove him bonkers to the point in which he will refuse money if he gets the opportunity to kill John Matrix. You know, some uh, people just, not everybody takes things exactly the same way. So, Clearly the job meant a lot to him. No, it didn't, because as soon as Bennett sees that Jenny has escaped, he sees her go down in the boiler room, and instead of going off to fight John Matrix, he, the thing he wants to do, he goes down into the boiler room to, to chase around a little girl. Okay. He, he needs to warm up before he faces Matrix. Here we go. You ready? <laughs> ready. He gets to the beach. He plants some explosives. He blows up a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> None of the people with guns on the island know how to use them. Nope. Because he walks in the open with no cover. <laughs> <laughs> 50 guys shooting at him at once, not a single one of them hitting a goddamn thing. Nope. They may as well work for the fucking Empire, because they can't hit shit. (laughs) He's throwing hand grenades all over the place, he's shooting and shooting, and then one guy gets lucky and throws a grenade that lands near him, and it explodes. But thank God it's one of those special grenades that isn't filled with deadly shrapnel. It just makes you jump through the air by a few feet. (laughs) It triggers a pneumatic catapult. <laughs> exactly! But he does get injured in the side, right? And he loses yeah. his gun temporarily. Yeah. He has no weapon. So he goes into a shed, right? He goes yeah. into a shed, and now we get to see a bunch of death by landscaping equipment. Exactly. We get to we get to see what MacGyver would be like if MacGyver had no principles. Uh-huh. So then he throws circular blades at people and dance <laughs> people with axes and pitchforks. Chops a dude's arm off. Chops a dude's arm off with a machete. <laughs> Then he gets a gun again, and by the way, I need to I need to reiterate this point. While he's shooting a machine gun, at no point does he ever slow down before the machine gun starts to... I can't remember what the term is, but machine guns produce heat that heat up the barrel. Yeah. And sometimes if you heat up the barrel too much, the bullets that are in the barrel, whether you pull the trigger or not, will continue to fire out of it <laughs> because it's become overheated. Nor does he ever need to reload any of the weapons that he nope. is shooting. It's infinite ammo for the whole time. There's literally shots of him just standing in one place in the open, <laughs> shooting people! And people are running into him to get <laughs> shot! <laughs> uh, it's the super effective standstill and fire defense that they train in all military organizations. Yeah, exactly. But just, just in case... There and shoot. Just in case he thought, oh, wow, I'm too good of a target up here, I'll make it an even better target. He then climbs up to the top of the building and stands there and fires at people. <laughs> You can't argue with results, though, because he kills every single guy that he sees. 
And then he gets into the building, and like the stealth ninja that they alluded to at the beginning, silent and deadly, he starts calling for his daughter. Yeah. Kicking in doors. Kicking in doors and shooting people. And one of the doors he kicks in has who? Oh, uh, uh, Carlos' husband. Yeah. Arius, yeah. Does he get a, 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 a snappy final line or a matrix or anything like that? He doesn't. What happened? He, well, he gets the shit shot out of him. <laughs> this is, this. I just want to say, this is how you kill a villain. He gets, you know, ventilated with the machine gun. Uh-huh. And, then he, and then he crashes through a glass door. <laughs> and then he flips off of a balcony. <laughs> That's how you kill a dude. <laughs> he did the full Tony Montana. I was going to say, the full Scarface. Absolutely. <laughs> the only thing missing was dropping into a fountain with yeah, you know, the oh, world, the world is yours over his head or he something. He could have held hands with Tony. Yeah. <laughs> I take your bullets! So you're an unhealthy caricature of uh, entire people too, huh? <laughs> 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 we got so much in common. <laughs> and now it's time for the epic Bennett Matrix fight. Yeah. Because he figures out that his daughter went down into the boiler room somehow. <laughs> and um, he goes down there, and then Bennett gets his daughter, and he's holding a knife to her throat. Yeah. And he's like, Matrix, come out. Fight me. That's what I want. And then uh, Matrix uses Bennett's addiction to violence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Psychology. To, to get him to fight with knives. Yeah, he's like, don't use a gun, you fucking wuss. Come on, mm-hmm. fight me with a knife, like and a real man. Then they fight, and they fight, and they fucking fight, and... Oh, look, a catwalk! My favorite! Yay. A metal catwalk! Hooray! <laughs> and then they nearly push each other's heads into a furnace. Yeah, I don't and, know and why they didn't get burned by the metal outside of the furnace, which must have been super hot. You would think. Uh-huh. But apparently that sort of thing doesn't hurt them, because Bennett also gets briefly elected. My favorite thing in this entire fight, he gets knocked into an electrical panel, and he stands there for three and a half minutes with huge <laughs> amounts of electricity flowing through his body, screaming, and he just walks off it like nothing fucking happened. <laughs> He's completely fine. It was like his power boost. Exactly. He yeah, saw his little life meter go up to green again. It's like when King Kong walks into the power lines in King Kong vs. Godzilla. <laughs> Oh no! <sighs> but then he gets a gun again, and he's like, "I'm not going to shoot you in the head. I'm going to shoot you in the balls." And he gives, in full full view of Bennett, he gives Matrix enough time to pull a pipe <laughs> off the wall <laughs> and throw it at him. Yep, you Jab have him, him right dead, bang, dude. Yep. You could have full of, you could have shot him fifteen times in the amount of time. You have an automatic weapon. He should have been dead on the ground, but you let him grab a grab a pipe and throw it at you. I think Bennett just wanted to die. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be cool. He's going to kill me with a pipe. This is going to be cool. If I'm not a member of your unit, John, what am I? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just living. I'll see you in the mission in the sky, my friend. There is no mission in the sky. (laughs) There is only the abyss. And so he pins him to a boiler. <laughs> steam comes shooting out. Not super hot water, just steam. Steam. Oh, and once punctured, the boiler does doesn't explode. No, it's fine. That's that's how boilers work. <laughs> but since it was only pressure. yeah, since it was only filled with steam instead of boiling water for everyone to enjoy for showers and whatnot. <laughs> exactly. They just have steam shooting out of their their <laughs> their fittings upstairs. Um, what what's his epic What's his epic line after he does? He, he says, "Bennett, let off some steam." Why that being the last thing you hear ringing through your ears. <laughs> I know Bennett's like, "Was that it? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no hostile vista, baby." No, uh. 
up a steam joke, really? So, everybody's dead. Yep. Except for John and his daughter. And then the helicopters show up. U.S. military to the rescue. Yeah, they took a page out of Zack Snyder's Superman. Wait till everything's over and everyone's dead to show up. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> General Exposition gets out of his helicopter, walks up to some, walks up to John, and says, "John, this is so beautiful. <laughs> is there anyone left for us to kill? No, I killed everybody. <laughs> Look, honey, see that guy there? He's missing the top of his head because I threw a circular saw blade and cut the top of it off. Isn't that great? <laughs> John, I want you to come back to work. <laughs> John, please." And what does he say? He says... No, no deal. No deal. No, I'm going to go back to my beautiful cabin in the woods. Yeah. Cue 80s music. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Cindy showed up in the airplane, which she now knows how to fly perfectly. Yep. She comes out and hugs uh, Jenny like she's known her for since forever. <laughs> Jenny's like, who are you? Who are you, lady? Are you new mom? <laughs> I need to tell you something about old mom. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make any promises. <laughs> my dad has night terrors. <laughs> It's why we live in a secluded part of the state. <laughs> as soon as this plane gets back to the states, get out and run. The government has had to cover up a lot of his sleepwalking murders. <laughs> John Matrix isn't his real name. It's why we don't have a pet. <laughs> <sighs> no, none of that happens. It's 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 again the, happy the airplane. They have the '80s music that's out eighty-ing any other '80s music out there, mm-hmm. and they fly away. Yay! The end. Happy ending. Body count. Ready? <laughs> oh God! Did you actually count? I know you can look this shit up, up online. Oh, There's a website called Body Count. <laughs> Sweet. Let's hear it. Eighty-eight. Wow. You think it would be more? You would think, but they're talking about on-screen deaths. <laughs> right. Eighty-eight <laughs> on-screen deaths. All the people in the in those buildings don't count because we didn't actually see them immolated when he uh-huh. blew them up. Of which, eighty one are performed by our hero, uh, yes, John Matrix. Who's the bad guy again? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, eighty one, which means that seven of the other on screen murders were performed by the bad guys. Se- <laughs> seven to eighty one. And you wonder why some people remember the 80s as being kind of a fucked up decade. (laughs) (laughs) When our our movie heroes were the ones who killed seven-eighths of the people who died in the movie. Okay, Steve. Yes, sir. How did you feel about this action epic, Commando? (laughs) Um, well, here's the thing. Uh, (laughs) Not... Not a good movie. No. Not not a good movie by any real uh, measure of that, but... Um, not if you're looking for storylines that make sense, general no. logic or r- realism. No. Or, you know, responsible use of violence, or... Or positive... thoughtful use of violence. So yeah. people who have regret, or, you know... Yeah. Or positive female characters, or positive male characters, or... or positive really Hispanic characters. Positive or Hispanic positive characters. Positive military characters, or just yeah. positive characters in general no but if you are someone like me i admit who in, who enjoys over the top 
uh, awful, so awful that it comes back around and becomes entertaining action movies, uh, then I think you'll like Commando. Yeah. Could be, because I, I, it's one of those movies, and there are many, many movies like this. We could we could probably name movies like this all night. But Oh, yeah. Um, but it's one of those movies that you watch it, and it's it's awful, but it's awful in, in, in a really entertaining way. And it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, you can't say it's a good movie, but no. it's a good it's a good time watching it. Because oh, yeah. if, if you turn your brain off, and you tune in to what it is, uh, and you just enjoy yourself, it's a riot. I'm going to say no. You don't have to turn your brain off to watch this movie. If your brain is on, it just becomes more ridiculously funny no. the more you fucking <laughs> that's watch true. it. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. Turning that's your true. brain off means that you're actually entertained by not thinking. Thinking makes this movie takes to another level of surrealism. <laughs> yeah, it is insanity personified. <laughs> Why are the cops showing up now? <laughs> Why are there only two of them? <laughs> How come it is in the mall as soon as the shots start getting fired that the mall doesn't instantly empty of people? How come yeah. there's still lots of people milling around when people are shot at when he's doing the he jumps on a thing to swing across the mall and all this other stuff that's just yeah. loaded with people? I'm sorry, Everybody I'm interrupting yours. I'm interrupting yours. Go ahead. Well, no, I mean that's pretty much the gist of what I was going to say. It just it's it's the one of the not, not maybe not the quintessential, but one of the quintessential big dumb excessive. 80s action movies and if you want to watch like a really shitty movie that is shitty in a really entertaining and funny way I think it's 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 a great movie to watch you know mm-hmm. and yeah you I actually I think you had a good point there I mean if if you if you look at if you look at it critically and look for its imperfections while you're watching it it's a lot it's even more fun it just gets better and better yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and the thing is and here here's what I kind of appreciate about it and I I'm pretty sure this this I, I think this was done intentionally but it wasn't done intentionally to provoke the kind of reaction I had, mm. but it definitely kicks into a higher gear in that <laughs> last action sequence on the island, because he's been fighting people and killing people the entire time, but all of a sudden, when he gets on that island, it goes completely bonkers. Where well, now Major he's like, General Exposition says, all hell, World War, he says, World War, what, what can we expect, sir? World War Three. Yeah. Not and quite. He's, like, he's not hurling yeah. nukes. But... <laughs> but he's like blowing up buildings and chopping uh-huh. people's, chopping the top of people's heads off with and arms and people's axes arms off. and just I mean, standing in one place and no one's fucking hitting a goddamn thing. Roses are exploding all around him because he's standing in a rose garden and not a single bullet hits him. He goes, it just, it goes into like cheesy action movie Nirvana where it's just like, oh, none of this makes any sense. This is all completely ridiculous. But uh-huh. if, if it's the kind of thing that you enjoy, like it's, it almost doesn't get any better. It's yeah. just Arnold Schwarzenegger killing people for your entertainment. I agree. I'm going to start with mine. This movie does not need a parody because (laughs) it's a parody in and of itself. Exactly. Okay, I don't know if the filmmakers thought they were making a good movie. I don't know if they thought they were making a cheesy movie. I don't know if they were trying to be serious. I know that they were trying to make money, but there is nothing that separates this level of awfulness from the other (laughs) B-movies that imitate Commando that come after this. There's tons of B-movies that imitate Commando after this movie came out that are just as ridiculously funny, if not funnier than Commando is. But Commando itself 
Wolf is maybe one of the funniest movies I've seen <laughs> in a really long time. I have not seen Commando since 1985. And I forgot nearly all of the really stupid shit that is in this movie. And it started right off the bat with the fucking scene of him and his daughter feeding a deer. <laughs> when I when we when we do when I do this, I sit down and I write jokes and notes as I'm watching the movie. Mostly jokes. And I was starting to write a joke about, oh, what's next? Them feeding an animal? And before I could even get that typed out, guess what pops up? Him and his daughter feeding a deer. This movie is ridiculous. And the reason why I can say, yeah, I like it. I'm not going to say it's a good movie. I like it because it's funny and it's fun. Yeah. But I'm not going to say it's a good movie. It is a bad movie. But it's funny and it's fun. And the only reason I can say that is because, guess what? It has nothing to say about anything. <laughs> There's nothing in there about drugs. I was certain. I was I was certain, based on my hazy memories of it, that, that the bad guys were all drug runners. No, it's just some military dictatorship. It's a made-up fucking country. <laughs> We were in that heyday when all when uh, all the all of our heroes were fighting bad guys from South American countries. Yeah. Thank God we decided to switch over to Muslim terrorists. Who? Yeah. Which he fights in a later movie. Exactly. <laughs> so we can start making up fake countries from that area too. Um, <laughs> but this movie doesn't have a message. It doesn't have anything. It doesn't say violence is bad. It doesn't say violence is good. It doesn't. I mean, the closest thing we have is John. May Matrix retired because he was done with the violent lifestyle, and at the end of the movie, they try to ask him again, and he's like, no. And then the, the Major General <laughs> says, until next time. And he's like, no, still no. Goodbye. I love Bye. my daughter. <laughs> if that's the movie that he's willing to sacrifice this lifestyle for his for his daughter, okay. But it's, it's just in there just because they had to put some shit in there. You could have replaced his daughter with a dog, which is what they did in John Wick. And I, and I fucking love John Wick. And John Wick is on the level of this movie as well, because John Wick doesn't apologize for jack shit. It's a violent movie about a violent man doing violent things, and there's nothing wrong with the movie about that. You only fuck up that premise if you try to stitch on a moral value onto it. And if you're going right. to do that, then you better be really good at it. But they're, they're not bothering with that. You're not supposed to care that cops don't show up anywhere you're you know and i'm very serious if you're an intelligent person and you watch this and you start going hey there's a lot of problems with just killing a guy on an airplane and leaving that can't be as neat and tidy <laughs> the more you think of it the more ridiculous the movie just becomes and you have a ball you have to not yeah. take if you take movies very seriously and you're just like movie movies is an art form and this this insults art form grow up please <laughs> Have some fun. Yeah. Fun's okay. And it's okay to watch Arnold Schwarzenegger kill a bunch of guys. I mean, I, let me tell you something. They're not really getting killed. They're just falling over. They got squibs that makes the fake blood come out. That guy who got his arm chopped off, more than likely he was a guy who was missing an arm anyway. He was happy for the work. And he got to be in a movie. He got to go to the premiere commando and go, look, kids, here comes my scene. And he exactly. <laughs> oh, Papa, I thought for a minute you had two arms again. And now I saw Manhattan of your arm. <laughs> the psychological damage, Baba. He's like, no, it was all fake. That's, I mean, I like dumb movies, okay, guys? But it has to hit that sweet spot. And Commando hits that sweet spot where I don't have to, they're not asking me to take it seriously. They're not, they're not making a statement of, it's not like Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> 
and that's the reason why I chose Commando instead of Rambo because that was that was our Sophie's choice for this action film <laughs> yeah. it was either one of the Rambo movies or Commando and I chose Commando because the stakes are lower Commando seems I mean uh, Rambo the Rambo movies I think is is it two where he, he wins the Afghanistan war <laughs> oh no that's 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 three two is, is that where he three? goes back and refights the Vietnam War oh that's when he goes back and fights <laughs> the Vietnam War <laughs> If they had done that successfully, I would have more pleasant memories of the Rambo, those Rambo films. But I don't think they did that successfully. They were just as goofy and over the top. Except, oh I, yeah. Except I couldn't enjoy them because they were making me think about real things that they were putting into their stupid goofy action film. <laughs> don't make me think about real things during your goofy action film. This made, didn't make me think of anything realistic in any way, shape, or form. I was watching a monosyllabic German man basically mow down an entire, basically destroy an entire army. <laughs> in the course of 190 minutes, you know, in, a, in, in an hour, in, in an hour and a half, and I enjoyed it. And I, hopefully, if you guys watched the movie before the review, you guys enjoyed it too. And if you didn't, and you think that all movies should be high art, I, I don't know how to break it to you, but uh, you're just looking at a lifetime of disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to have a very good time. Look, me and Steve like the hoity toits as much as everybody else, right, Steve? Shit, yeah, we did my dinner with Andre for Christ's sake. We stick our noses up all the frick time. Absolutely. We, we name drop French Express. We name drop the French New Wave foreign films constantly. Yeah. Well, so, Christ, we, we we joked about Werner Herzog in this very episode. That, that's He's true. not exactly a commercial filmmaker. <laughs> so yeah, Steve, in the end, recommend or not recommend? Commando. Yeah, I would recommend. It's yeah, a me good, too. It's a good time. <laughs> if I'm hanging out with my friends and they've never seen Commando before and they've got beers in their hands, fuck yes. <laughs> We're watching they're Commando. a little stoned, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> It's a good time. If you want to sit down and you want to be fed emotionally, if you want to be fed intellectually, this is going to leave you hungry. <laughs> but if you want to see um, violent, unapologetic violence that is, you know, it, it is for the most part pointless. It's it, You know what this is? This is the Taken of, yeah. <laughs> of 1985. Exactly. Dude gets his daughter back. That's Taken, you know, except they added ickier stuff in Taken. Yeah. But, but <laughs> I mean, like Taken... It it works for the same reason as oh it's, yeah it does it's, it's ninety minutes it's just it relies on the entertaining action scenes it doesn't uh -huh. overthink it you know nope no it doesn't and then they they you know in it, within ten minutes Arnold is already shooting people and killing people <laughs> exactly <laughs> it does not be it does not that's the other thing about it economy of story yeah oh, okay big time. there's nothing in this uh, let's let's do some actual critic part stuff <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's nothing in this movie that doesn't believe that the, the one montage. There's, I think, there's one other where he's getting all suited up. Yeah. The one montage is that opening montage that shows him and his daughter doing the dippiest fucking things in the entire world. Happy family montage. They do it over the opening credits, yeah. uh, which is the perfect place for it. As soon as that's over, helicopters show up. Two minutes later, shooting. <laughs> exactly. And from that moment to the last bit where he's walking past a beach full of dead people. <laughs> It's straightforward storylines. There's no place in this. I don't. I can't think of a place in this movie where it drags. No, because it it never stops. No, it doesn't. They, they usually in a movie like even in a like a, an action movie like this, there would usually be a scene, you know, like between Cindy and John, where they would have like a heart to heart talk or something. They never you, have time for that shit. There's nothing like that. Even in like Rambo and in, in First Blood Part Two, there's that scene where Rambo he he sort of falls in love with that with that girl yeah. in Vietnam, and yeah. and it's like there's nothing even remote 
remotely like that in command. And he mumbles at her for 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) In this one, they had the opportunity when they were flying to the island for there to be a lull. Yeah. But they wisely say, nah, fuck that shit. They just land and he's like, get ready because I'm going to kill everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think, again, it's it's hard to tell whether it was intentional or not, whether the (laughs) filmmakers knew exactly what they were doing. But one thing they did know is that by the time you get that deep into the movie, all you want to see is Schwarzenegger get to the island and start killing people. Get to the end point and yeah. start killing everybody. That's why he shows up and starts exploding stuff. Because if he had done it the smart way and gone in and secured Jenny and then killed everybody, that would have been a long, draggy part of him sneaking past guards. Right. And that would have that would have that would have been a stumbling block in the the linear thrust of this film. Yeah, I use that term for commando. Get over it. Well, it I mean, look, it does have a screenplay. Yeah, it does. Not much of one, but it's got no. one. And what it's got is, I mean, it's well put together. You know, mm-hmm. it knows what it is, and it, it and it, it doesn't it doesn't drive outside of its lane, and that's one of the reasons why it why it works as well as it does. So, if you're a cinephile, don't break out Commando to impress your friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go to you, you know you go to your shelf that's lying there and it's got you know the third man and you know a bunch of film noir and obscure foreign films you know drummer the what is it the the tin drum yeah oh, which yeah the tin drum and bicycle thief yeah the red balloon red balloon yeah, <laughs> balloon you know. um, <laughs> and then you 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 open up a secret compartment behind it and in there you got commando and predator and <laughs> yeah roadhouse. <laughs> Oh yeah, Roadhouse. Oh, just truly awful films that you love, and this is one of those movies, man. This is one of those movies where you have to you you can credit you can critique it like a regular film and be a critic, but you have to admit it's just fun, and there's nothing wrong with fun. Nope, right, Steve? Not a damn thing. Right. So now it's time for us to recommend something else. Yeah, Steve, what are you going to recommend? I'm going to recommend a movie uh, uh, very similar to Commando that stars um, one of the lesser action stars of the '80s, but but someone who nonetheless had his action hero heyday very much in the 80s mm. uh, that would be Chuck Norris oh god the man <laughs> who as long as you don't pay any attention to his political opinions <laughs> is a very can be a very entertaining action star and I'm I'm going to recommend one of the quintessential Chuck Norris movies my personal favorite big dumb Chuck Norris action movie it is uh, a movie from 1983 so it actually predates Commando by a couple years and Ooh. it's called Called Lone Wolf McQuaid. <laughs> <laughs> And it is actually uh, one of the inspirations many, many, f- for many years later, Chuck Norris's uh, CBS television series, Walker, Texas Ranger. Because oh, so the, we can blame Walker, Texas Ranger on this on, film. On Lone Wolf McQuaid, absolutely. Okay. Um, it's because the, the two characters are very similar. Uh, McQuaid, Norris's character in this movie, is a Texas Ranger, and he's kind of a loner, and uh, he finds himself opposite uh, uh, one of his arch rivals played by the uh, irrepressible and inimitable David Carradine <laughs> and it's sort of like it's it's a it's a big dumb 80s action movie with a little bit of spaghetti western thrown in mm-hmm. and there are some ridiculous action scenes in it um, including one involving McQuaid and his truck being buried in a bunch of dirt <laughs> that is just it's just it's it, the same thing we've said about Commando applies to Lone Wolf McQuaid it's a big <laughs> dumb ridiculous action movie that if you watch it with the right mindset you will have a great time 
Um, and that is my recommendation. The the I I guess classic eighties uh, eighties big dumb over the top action movie Lone Wolf McQuaid. Go check that out. I thought you were going to do Invasion USA. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah, that's a good one too. I was thought uh, any of the canon. If uh, there's a great uh, before I make my recommendation, I'll throw this one out. Um, canon made a shit ton of these movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you guys like movies at all, if you like the the history of movies, there's a great documentary out there called Electric Boogaloo, which is all about the canon uh canon globus and the movies that they made in the 80s and it's just it's it is i I can't talk about too much about it but it is one of those remarkable documentaries that shows that two guys who really really wanted to make hollywood films and just wound up making crap upon crap upon crap (laughs) (laughs) who were convinced that they were making great films um it's a great have you seen it i haven't seen it i I really it's really good it's really good i was gonna throw this in too my uh my screenwriting teacher in college was uh in a in a, a previous life was a a studio executive at canon and oh my god yeah and he worked on some chuck norris movies and he knew chuck norris a little bit like in the 80s and <laughs> he, he he told us a story once of he 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 jokingly suggested a line in a movie and he's and it was a chuck norris movie and he said you know for this scene uh he should say uh i don't step on toes i step on necks <laughs> And he just said it as a joke. They put it in the movie. Chuck Norris says it in the movie. And then, like, 20 years later, he was at the mall with his kids, and he saw it on a T-shirt. And he was like, that's my line! (laughs) I said that. So, yeah. All right, it's time for me to recommend a movie. And in keeping with my new tradition of recommending a movie that came out the same year as the movie that we just reviewed, it's 1985. And there are a ton of movies that came out in 1985 that I would love to have uh, recommended, but I'm trying to stick with the same genre. And while this film is more of a thriller, it is considered an action film. It is a movie that got nominated for three Academy Awards, believe it or not, for Best uh, Supporting Actor and Best Actor, um, and I think Best Sound, I think, was the other one. Um, It made nothing. In fact, it made less than its budget. It was a (laughs) flop. But one of the reasons why I'm recommending it is because of the fantastic performances in it, and there are some fantastic fucking performances in it. It's still just as dippy um, in certain areas. The movie that I'm going to recommend, directed by a name that I can't possibly pronounce Andre Konchalovsky. I'm going to pretend that that's it. Um, and a story by Akira Kurosawa, believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> is the movie Runaway Train Hmm. with John Voight, Eric Roberts, and Rebecca DeMornay. And I'm going to say this right now. No matter what you think about John Voight, he can turn in really great performances. He's done a ton of crap. He's one of those actors that kind of fell out of Hollywood favor for a little while. But uh, 1985, John Voight plays a prisoner that escapes and winds up on (gasps) a runaway train. And it's basically, they escape out of this Alaska prison, and um, it's the story of them, and of the railroad dispatch office trying to safely stop a runaway train (laughs) that they happen to be on, and the warden who's hunting them trying to recapture them. And it is, there's a reason why John Voight got nominated for this performance in a bomb of a movie that did not make any money. And that's because his performance is fantastic. Um, It was made for more, I think it was around the same budget as Commando. Um, But uh, it's one of those movies that I watched 
watch and I go, oh god, that's right, this is a really good movie, and no one saw it. So that's why I'm recommending it. Runaway Train. Go find it. I'm sure you can probably pick it up for 99 cents on Amazon or something, but it's a good movie, so that's it. And now's the time where we announce what movie we're going to be reviewing next time around here on Late Seating, and there is a genre that we have not done, Steve. There is. Yeah, and one of our listeners thankfully sent me an email and let me know, hey, how about this genre? You haven't done this genre yet, and I'm like, you know what? You're right. We haven't done this genre yet. You know what that genre is, Dave? What's what's that genre? Gay cinema. Oh, yeah. LGBT plus cinema. That's true. There's lots of LGBT movies out there that we haven't covered because we're a couple of... We're a couple of straight white guys. Exactly. We're we're, we're <laughs> cis hetero assholes, and we have ignored yeah. that genre for far too long. And it's about time we we do. So we we had a nice sit down. And we had a nice talk about which which movie we're going to do based on our stupid standards on this stupid show. <laughs> and the the movie that we feel fits the bill as being a classic, something that everyone went to go see, that everyone knows about, and falls into the gay cinema category is Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Right. Steve? So there you go. So there, there's your there homework you for the next episode. Yeah, there's your homework. Go see Priscilla's Queen of the Desert. And we're not going to say anything about it. We don't want to review it here on Review Before the Review, right, Steve? Absolutely. That's right. We're saving ourselves. So, yeah. So that's it. You made it to the end. Remember, if you guys have a genre, just like this last time, this last time, this guy this guy wrote in and said, hey, do this, and we're like, yeah, you know what? We're stupid. We should have thought of that a million <laughs> shows ago, and we didn't do it. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go cry right after this is over because I overlooked it. Yeah. We but were if angry. You, and sad. That's right. If there's a genre that you think we have not done, that we have overlooked, or if there's a movie that you think deserves to, for us to be to review, then please send it to us. Go to the Let Me Listen podcast website, go to the comment section, and leave it for us there. Um, just remember, it has to be over 10 years old, and it has to be considered a classic. Think of it this way. If you walked into a mall and walked up to someone and said, hey, what do you think about the adventures of Baron Munchausen? And they go, the what and the what what? That's not a classic movie. <laughs> <laughs> That has not entered the cultural zeitgeist. Oh, I'd love to do that. Can we do that? <laughs> well, we're gonna have we're gonna have to start a campaign to get it more accepted in popular culture first, <laughs> so, that, so that the average dipshit at the mall will recognize it when it's we walk. Too out to much them. work, Steve. <laughs> anyway, yeah, do that. Send us stuff. We love getting them, and it does have an effect on the show, right, Steve? It certainly does. That's right. Oh, that's it. Thank you for listening for Late Seating. This has been Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives, and fuck you, asshole. Whoa! <laughs> it's it's the thing I do. It's the quote from the movie. It's, he said that. Wait, wait, who said that? John Matrix said that. To who? To me? To, to, yes, to you. No, Did he was, hear this review? <laughs> fuck you, asshole. No, he was saying that him and Cook were fighting, and Cook's gonna shoot him, and he's like, fuck you, asshole, and then he, he, he dry-clicks the gun because he's out of ammo. The only person to run out of ammo in this movie, I believe. I and thought it was gonna be, I eat green berets for breakfast. No, nah, well, that's the same scene, but no, he goes, fuck you, asshole. It couldn't be, uh, he I'll kill you last. <laughs> well, it has see, to be, fuck you, asshole. Well, we already riffed on, I'll kill you last. I didn't want to repeat ourselves. <laughs> Okay. I like you, Jason. I'll kill you last. You know that. But oh, we've already thank heard it. You. <laughs> <laughs> thank really? you. You when you're done killing everyone else in the world, you'll kill me for last. I'll kill everybody else first, <laughs> and then you. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.
This show is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to contribute as little as $1 a month to help fund this podcast, please visit our website at www.lemmelistenpodcast.com and click on the Patreon logo. If you can't, or just don't want to, no biggie. Late Seating is a Lemmy Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Music by Kevin McLeod. Produced by Jason Harding. You can find more Lemmy Listen podcasts at our website at www.lemmylistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Lemmy Listen. Please like and leave a review. And thanks for listening.